Welcome to Reverse Psychology, the Frasier Rewatch podcast where we go backwards through every episode of the show. Tonight, we are covering Season 11, Episode 13, The Anne Who Came to Dinner. Is this the Frasier and It's Pat crossover episode? We'll find out. I'm your host, Curtis Shack. Joining me as always, our resident upside downer, it's Ryan Sansone. And I forgot to eat dinner, so I am ready to go, Curtis. Oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> also with us today is our insurance agent, Bradley Kirkston. I would be such a good insurance agent. My people would love me. You're way too into that. I thought that was going to be the meanest one I've ever used. You are so bad at this. Like What, <laughs> what do you mean you would be a good insurance agent? I, I will answer that question, but I want to point out, and I think this is what our 12th episode, so it's pretty obvious. I am a very easy person to insult. And for some reason, <laughs> Curtis is doing such a terrible job at it. <laughs> like, and, and to answer your question, Ryan, I, well, would I, be, I don't like how well you know yourself, that you know you're easy to insult. <laughs> <laughs> Again, one of, one, of my, one of the weirdest things that I'm actually really good at is I'm a very self-aware person. I, I don't change that, but I'm very self-aware. So I would be a good, talk about being self-aware, I'd be a good insurance salesman because I care about people. So I'd be getting them the best deals all the time. I mean, I would screw over a lot of people because I have to be good at my job, but um, I, I would still be a great insurance agent. So many contradictions in that one sentence. Yeah, I don't know about any of yeah. that. I'd be a great insurance agent because I'd be giving people like deals that is not the quality of a good insurance agent. And then you go on to say that you would screw a lot of people over because you care about them. Like, I, wow. Screwing people you, over, that from what we've learned today, that is a good insurance agent. They yeah, screw people. It's the caring about people part that doesn't quite add up. Yeah, but even the way he said it. Do you mean you can uh, trick people into thinking you care about them? Because that could work. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I'd just be a little... I, I, I'd, be, I'd be a little bit of everything to everyone. That's not an insurance agent. Well, again, do, I do think, you think that they're actually like Jake from State Farm or whatever? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I think uh, do those commercials even still happen. But I, I think. Yeah, that, they, they're all basketball now, though. Oh, that's true. What we'll do is I'll spend a year as an insurance agent and we'll yep. talk about it for a full year. And right. then next year I'll come back and we'll, we'll do a retro, retrospect of my year as an insurance agent. I mean, for, for like the 40th episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we won't talk about her from now until that episode. I, I don't know what we would possibly talk about. So how was your first day as insurance, Brad? Why do you sound so Jewish when you said that? Have you been hanging out with me too much? I, that's how I always ask people how their first day was. That's the same tone okay. I use for any first day. Okay, that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Is it? Sure. Well, Curtis, why are we here? Well, I was going to say, before we dive into the episode, I was going to wish you all a... Uh, uh, a happy 4th of July. Oh my God, I'm so excited for fireworks this weekend. Yeah, you guys speak fireworks, guys? I love a good firework. I think they're happening in like 20 minutes based on when this episode is releasing, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I um, like fireworks. I've always been like just okay. I think people really love them. I'm fine with them. I'm one of those guys that really love them, which would surprise you. I That does surprise me. I guarantee you get scared every single time they go off. No, I like fireworks. How do you guys feel How do you guys feel about random neighbors putting up fireworks? Do you have opinions on that? Are you one of those people that give a crap or not really? 
Oh, I, I, I'm quite happy with it because where I live, that is like, like that is the show I go to. I don't have to go anywhere and like go to an official show. I just sit outside my balcony and just watch all the random neighborhood people throw out fireworks. How, how about you, Ryan? Because you live in the burbs. How do you feel about that? Well, yeah, I own the place I'm living. So the closer the fireworks get to me, the less I'm, in, I'm into it. Yeah, I, I imagine that's going to be terrible. There's, uh, there's two problems also with, with little babies. They yeah. don't really care the babies are sleeping, and they shoot them off till whenever. Okay, but think about this. If you let the fireworks hit your house and burn it to the ground, presumably you do have insurance. So you're covered. What's the problem? I, I don't know that. that. I don't know if I have mail to check in. I can tell you this. Uh, Frazier would hate it. What, if anyone who gets has a firework hit their house should hate that. No, I just <laughs> met, I met, I met uh, people. As close people as you get to off. war without being at war. I met people lighting off random fireworks. Fraser would hate that. I mean, I don't think he would in another neighborhood. I don't know. He's he's opinionated about everything. Yeah, but he doesn't care about other people's stuff, just his stuff. If he could hear it, he would care. No, I meant like even if it woke him up or something, he would still care. He's not a man who would like extraneous yeah, noise exactly. for sure. Yeah. In fact, it would probably be his father who would be the guy with like, I bought all these fireworks, Bingo. I can't wait to shoot him off. <laughs> and then, yeah. and yes. then he would be like the, yes. the negative Nancy trying to get him to stop. Well, yeah. I mean, fireworks are pretty dangerous, and Marty's pretty old. I don't think we get a lot of Fourth uh, of July episodes. I think the only one that even covers it at all we've seen in Crocktails. And I think, I mean, I don't know that for sure, but I, I'm, I'm just based on how they aired the episodes. I think that's a safe bet for this uh, reverse we watch. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, I think if we were to write a an episode where uh, Frazier experiences Fourth of July, it would absolutely involve a subplot of Marty trying to throw a bunch of fireworks out. And uh, one of them going through the, the balcony and into the house and burning the place. Now, see, I would focus on the bunting. That's where I would put my energy for a 4th of July episode. <laughs> if you really want to make a memorable 4th of July scene, you would be like, you know what? This needs bunting. That's what I do for my house every 4th of July. I adorn it with tablecloths or whatever. Well, I was just going to say, do you guys like parades? No. I fast forward through a parade. Oh, my God. What a, what a great feature it would be if you could control the speed. You can. You you just walk against the, the, the direction of the parade and you, you experience the whole thing much faster. It's great. That's a, that's a hot tip. Brad, do you like parades? Yeah, I like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I really haven't gone to them. That's the worst parade. Day. That thing lasts I like forever. I, I like long parades. I like long, boring parades. Have you ever <laughs> been to it or do you just watch on the TV? Uh, I watch on the television, but I live you know only three hours away so I can hear it. What a sell. I love long, boring parades. Well, I'm sold. Well, speaking of long and boring, shall we uh, pivot into the episode? Let's do it, do it! What? We open to a shooting star over Seattle and a shiny gold Frasier listed on the screen, just like every other episode. No, 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 no. The gold was brighter this time. Yeah. You know, it was it brighter was... this time. Yeah, the gold was brighter. Yeah. It was, it was brighter. It was brighter. It's funny you say that because I felt like you were totally gaslighting me. And then this episode I watched, I was like, is this not as bright as it usually is? Maybe maybe he's on something. <laughs> it was brighter this time. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, if we're talking about, um, you know, tie-ins to, you know, the opening, I- I'm not sure what else the shooting star would be relevant to the Frasier episode. But it's definitely relevant to our episode, if you think of it like a firework. Yeah, they uh, knew we were going to film this episode and air it on 4th of July. So Yeah, I think that tracks. Not many it's people know that we record this on 35 millimeter film. <laughs> <laughs> 
Not many people know that I have said that since the beginning, and the two of you have corrected me every time I say we're going to film it. It's funny every time. Are you not? Are you not filming for the TikToks? I'm filming for the TikToks. The tickety tock. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced, but okay. That's that's like, just not it. Like tic tac, but tickety tack. I'm going to say um, that you guys are really revealing how old we are, but the fact that we're doing a Frasier rewatch podcast kind of gives it away. Yeah, I think people will be surprised to find out how young we are. Doing <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing. I We're getting so off track. But somebody at work today said to me, yeah, you're like 28, right? And I just looked at them straight in the face and I said, thank you, and walked right away. I got a 38 yesterday. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. I mean, I got a 29 when I was 19. That didn't feel great. Yeah, you got a 29 tough. when you were nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we probably should uh, mention the episode, though. Yeah, we probably should. <laughs> and not just make fun of each other for 30 minutes. Eh, I mean, I there, there isn't a lot of stuff in this first scene. Uh, well, I haven't. I've only I've only mentioned the opening uh, Seattle sequence. So let me let me give the the actual theme. <laughs> oh, keep going. You didn't do you didn't do your thing already. Oh. I didn't actually mention anything from the scene yet. <laughs> this is not one of our better episodes so far. I, I blame our <laughs> episode. At the coffee shop, Niles exposits that his ex-wife Maris was released on bail and is currently on house arrest pending her murder trial. Other murders in this scene. Marty killed Fraser's homeowner's insurance, so Roz sets him up with her agent, who everyone will want to murder soon. For the upside down, we we weren't a hundred percent sure who Maris was. Guess who? Maris? I I think maybe she's been mentioned before, but I definitely wasn't aware that it was her ex, his ex at this point. I think her only mention was in that Crocktails episode, which was yeah. also the Fourth of July episode. I'm starting to feel like this was all meant to be. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I th- I th- I think they like said her name once, but yeah, uh, Ryan, this is the first time you find out that it was his ex-wife. I, I, it's not for a couple scenes where I find there's like, oh, okay, right. But in this scene, honestly, this scene is mostly just let's lay the groundwork for what this episode's going to be. Yeah. Okay. So, so again, Marty's in in the coffee shop two episodes in a row. Mm-hmm. He just sneaks out. He like sees something or remembers something and just leaves. Right. So I think what happens is so he he initially he's and reveals that he never mailed the check because it was left in his his coat pocket. And then while Frazier is sort of freaking out about it, he notices he has another envelope in that other pocket and freaks out for how much more mad his his son will be so he just runs away <laughs> but it, we do think it's related to the insurance i think so and honestly fraser has no one to blame but himself he he mentions that he's been getting calls from his insurance agent and as i guess just been dodging them like he had every opportunity to fix this mistake is there any bills that you guys have forgot to pay and just didn't give a crap about it uh, not really because i've lived my entire life with like automatic bill pay i know don't you hate being responsible when i was in college when i was in college i got uh i had like the second to last warning you can get for paying a doctor bill oh god right remember remember there was some issue with either your mom like forgot to pay or like paying too late and you almost had to sign up for classes at a different campus that enough that didn't happen no remember you were like <laughs> signed up for the wrong classes on the wrong campus or something and you realized it last minute i do remember that uh, yes, yeah you, you, yeah yeah our, our school had like different uh, satellite campuses. regional yeah satellite campuses and, and you, you signed, up, signed for a class up in like some suburb far away i have no you don't remember this right no idea what you two are talking about sorry we could cut all this out sounds, but, sounds uh, like my mom gonna... sorted it out i don't know I don't remember this yes, you whatsoever. Did, you did You did have to call your mom and your mom had to take care of it. That's all I remember. <laughs> Sounds right. 
But you really don't remember this? I, we were I, like, I think it was soft. Zero recollection of this. And I think you remembered it like the night before. I think it was sophomore year. We're in the dorms and you're looking at it and you're like, Astrobula or whatever it was. <laughs> and you're like, we're like, yeah, Ryan, you're signed up for a class on the wrong campus. <laughs> Uh, no, I got nothing. It's the most you thing you've ever done. <laughs> I mean, it's, and the fact it that tracks. you don't remember, the fact that you don't remember also is the most you. Yeah, thing. barely a blip. No recollection of that. Well, pivoting back to the episode, I just want to say <laughs> that while <laughs> while we we haven't uh, introduced Anne yet, the, the the insurance agent that Roz is setting him up with, she mentions they went on a date where he ate her ravioli and hit on another woman. I have no idea if in the future episodes in the Upside Down, we're going to encounter this woman again, if she's like oh, we, been on the show before. We better see that. I really hope we get to see that date. I don't think we're going to, but we. I would. it will be great if we do. I uh, I was. This episode definitely made me happy that we were not a little bit older. Could you imagine having to, to send checks in to pay your bills? Oh my God. It would never happen. I would absolutely have gone to collections already. Well, and speaking of things that are are long since gone, do you remember when it was really hard to hang up a a, a cell phone? Because I feel like that was a genuine thing. Yes, actually. this One time I did not hang up a cell phone and Ryan heard a whole entire conversation I had with somebody. I think I still have have that voicemail. Yeah, so I... if anyone can relate to that, it's me. Like I, this is not the same that J- Jim was. Jim was listening. He was trying to see what was up. Yeah, but oh. Fraser could have hung up on him. He just continually failed to. <laughs> yeah, he was talking shit about Jim. So Jim just wanted to hear. Fraser never made a move to hang up. He just assumed Jim would, and then got mad when Jim was still on the line. No, you can see him. You can see him yeah. like crying to push yeah. the button and failing. That's the Jack in the Box all over again. Oh boy. Yeah. Fuck Jim. Frazier is a psychopath who flings briefcases at women in elevators, and this somehow nets him a date. Marty is a walking fire hazard, but thankfully a problematic Anne comes to inspect Frazier's home only to immediately slip on literally just mayo. Look, I'm someone who does weird stuff to try to hit on girls all the time, and if I throw my briefcase that doesn't exist, I'm going to end up hitting a girl in the face, not catching an elevator ride. So I saw this scene, it was not a happy camper. And you would know about happy campers. Oh God, let's not talk about that, (laughs) idiot camp director. You could leave that part in. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) um, So I thought thought right away, it was like, oh, let's go on a Monday date. That's that's a bad sign. That was before we found out that he flung a briefcase at her. But yeah, I don't know, Brad. Maybe yeah. you should just try throwing briefcases at people. Apparently it works. First off, I don't own a briefcase. First mistake. Yeah, maybe I, I bring my backpack to school, to work, well, to work every day. No wonder you don't get dates. Go stop by the Tuscarora campus. Oh boy. <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't like that Fraser's like, why don't you just stop by my apartment? It's like, no, why don't you go pick her up, you asshole? Well, she's just right <laughs> above him. Oh, I didn't get that. I got yeah. that. Why do you yeah. think she's in the building? Yeah, that's why she's in the building. I thought we were, I thought we were at his work. No. Oh, wait, no. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because he goes <laughs> yeah. in the apartment. I don't, we're, I'm not that used to the hallways. <laughs> so how do you feel about Julie Sweetney? Oh, yeah. I, I just wrote she's somebody. I couldn't remember what. She was on SNL for a long time. Yeah, but what would I know her from? SNL. The mediocre SNL years? No way. She's I, she's definitely been like a character actor who's been in things you may have seen, but she's not like famous. Uh, Laura Linney. No, she always plays the same role. She's always like the annoying character with that annoying voice. But I got to tell you, I wrote down uh, in my notes Julia Sweeney swoon because I thought she was delightful. I mean, a horrible person, and like as a real person, terrible and and awful. But um, as a person to watch and laugh at, I thought she was very funny. Her line delivery is great. Yeah, she was actually probably the best part of this episode. 
Totally. Oh, why didn't you just say she was the mom from Stuart Little? I would have to know that information to reveal it. Why didn't you say she was also probably the mom from Clockstoppers? I would have to know what that is. I've never even seen Clockstoppers. Uh, it was okay. I don't think she's the mom in Stuart Little. Why didn't you say she was a character from Pulp Fiction? I couldn't tell you which one. First off, she's not the mom. The mom is Gina Davis in Stuart Little. <laughs> okay. She's Mrs. Keeper, the head of the New York City Public Orphanage. And that concludes our reading IMDb on the podcast segment. I was reading Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, I was just on Google. <laughs> Maybe we should have recorded tonight. It's a holiday. Yeah, we're we're giddy for the fireworks. Uh, Marty can't deep fry in an apartment, right? You can't do that. He's got a space heater plugged in with a bunch of other stuff. He's he's a, a, an absolute disaster. That's fine. I mean, you shouldn't do that. That's a fire hazard. But like, where would you put a deep fryer? Are deep fryers standalone devices? They can be. Yeah, can they? My mom okay. has a. My mom has like a a, a deep fryer. I mean, it's not like what you would see in like mcdonald's but she has like a small device that you can use as a deep fryer what is it describe it i don't remember it's like uh if you've seen any kind of crock pot or whatever it's it's like that only it heats up way too hot and is filled with hot oil it just sounds so aggressively dangerous i'm not saying it's not dangerous i'm just saying you can get one how many fries did you have growing up well she didn't buy it till i, I was an adult and had moved out that's probably good for you you'd probably be dead if you had fries that much growing absolutely. up absolutely i when she got it i was like oh i'm so jealous and she's like don't don't do this like it's a mistake for all of the reasons <laughs> well no not well and reminded me of you brad yeah oh 100 percent. she had some brad energy right out the gate she's like oh if you would have crossed in front of me i would have got out and kicked that was yeah. very funny she she had some brad energy she i definitely as someone who would triple mayonnaise so um you're also somebody who would say schmancy. yes totally yes yes she's basically the female less attractive version of me which is fine like it's cool it's an interesting selling point for oddly yourself. enough as a male she's more attractive than you yeah that's fine <laughs> she's younger in spirit yeah i'm about 95 years old at the hospital Anne's leg is broken fraser opens his home to her to prevent a lawsuit against the advice of counsel A.K.A. Pops. Look, love that she still was in good spirits, even though she clearly was about to sue Frazier. Uh, and Frazier just just came, so he wouldn't get sued. She uses the phrase uh, that she would sue someone blue. I don't... That's not a phrase, is it? She's got all the phrases. I've, I've never heard of anyone saying that. I don't know what it means. I thought it was also pretty obvious that Frazier and Martin really did not feel bad about this whole thing. They just didn't want to get sued. A hundred percent. If someone came to your house and they slipped on mayo, you would not feel bad. You'd be like, well, that's your You got to assume, like, she's pretty lawsuit happy beginning to end. You got to imagine she's, because she comments on it. She's like, oh, look, look at all this mayo. She doesn't like accidentally slip on it. She clearly saw the mayo, thought, this is a payout, and just slipped on purpose. Like, do you, do you think she did? Oh, so I, you're... I, honestly, I thought, I thought that's where the episode was going, but they never really made no, a decision on that. No, I thought she was that. so oblivious. It's funny, Curtis, that you're taking the perspective that she knew it the whole time and took advantage. I didn't think of it that way. No, I'm not actually seriously suggesting that. The- okay. Oh, I, th- I thought that's for I thought that's for sure where we were going. I, I can see that being the direction. It's just not the direction they went. I, I think that the episode clearly is treating it like an accident, but 
Um, it's crazy that she, like, I don't know that, I don't know how slippery mayo is, but how much mayo could there be on the floor that you're going to slip when you've already noticed it? And like, I just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Curtis, can you please, can you please record yourself falling on mayo and telling us how? Yeah. I was going to say, should we, should we all experiment? Should we throw some mayo on our floor right now? And yeah, see that's what I mean, I'm not going to throw perfectly good mayo on the floor. I will slip on the mayo that's already there if you want. <laughs> Have you had an old man over recently? No, I'm just a man who loves the mayo. <laughs> Why? And you hate cleaning it. I mean, I live alone. What's the point? I know where it is, and I'm not oh. her, so I can avoid it. I don't think it's that slippery, especially if you've seen it. It's not really slippery. It, it like, congeals. It's, like, bouncy at some point. There must be for, there must be a second mayo patch. Like, she's looking at mayo and then accidentally runs into another mayo while looking at the other mayo. I look forward yeah. to your JFK-style uh, documentary about the second pile of mayo. <laughs> There's a second mayo. There has to be. Look at the angle. I think uh, uh, I'm going to reveal a little bit here by saying I don't think this was a particularly good episode. And I think emblematic of that is the joke where the doctor says, oh, no, because he can't get the x-ray machine to turn on. And it's purely so that she can reveal like that she is ready to sue and like just make the joke about suing him. But as soon as he fails to get the x-ray turned on, which he's already put the cast on, why didn't he look at the x-ray before? But now that he's done it, like it didn't work. So he just takes her away and gives her crutches. He never looks at the x-ray. So like it makes no sense. He's worried she's going to sue him. That's true. I don't think it was the best hospital. I don't think they had a good Yelp review. I just don't think it was the best. Frazier, Frazier took her to like the cheapest yes, one he could find because he knew he was going to be paying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, man, hospitals cost yeah, a lot. For oh, sure. Blimmer. You got you got to go in network. Oh, he doesn't have a network. Well, <laughs> you have to go. To, no, you have to go. He to has health one. insurance. It's just house insurance, home insurance he doesn't have, which is irrelevant when it's someone else. Oh, you, good point. Ignore it. Uh, 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 Curtis, more work for you. Edit that part. <laughs> oh, man. Make me sound smart. Yeah, don't do not do that. Don't hurt yourself, Curtis. Uh, adults don't just start trumpeting. Oh, my gosh. That, no, no adults well, look, that, that. Is, that is another piece of the episode that doesn't really make sense, but I will forgive that one because her line of, oh, no, I just started. It's really hard is so funny. <laughs> her delivery is great. Yeah, it was. It's a good line. It's a good concept. It's a good line. It just isn't a thing that happens. No. Could you imagine if one of could you imagine if Brad came up to us and was like, hey, I just started trumpeting? Like, no, Again, you Again, it's it just feels it feels like another thing in this episode that they just did it for the joke. Which it, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, oh definitely. This one definitely. But this joke lands, which is why I'm cool with it. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Be funny if you're gonna go out of your way to make weird jokes. Yeah, why be less when you can be more? That's what I always say. Don't do that. Stop that. Marty runs away from Anne, giving herself a sponge bath, and Niles runs away just at the thought of a conversation with her. She reveals she is staying for at least a month, and Niles reveals Maris has his boudoir painting, and he is scheming to get it back. Can you give yourself a sponge bath? I thought the whole point, I thought it was supposed to be a two-person job. I've never tried and she's using the little sponge. Yeah. No, you, you can dab yourself with a sponge. There's... It's not as much fun, right? I thought the what? whole point of a sponge bath is, you know, someone else is helping you. Okay. Your knowledge of sponge baths is exclusively from the porno you've watched, is what I'm hearing. Do you think sponge baths are a sexy thing? Uh, again, I, I this is a, a PC, uh, a PG podcast, so I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> Hey, baby, I got the sponge tonight. PG podcast. I thought it was a PC podcast. PC, PG, 
GP, GPRC, anything. What did he call the little escargot cracker? And is that re- is that a real thing? An escargot, I mean, escargot knife. That's what I thought you were. That's a real uh, thing. It was like a little pincher, wasn't it? Yeah, I have a couple because I love escargot. I had escargot once. It was fine. I Googled escargot pincher. From what I can tell, it's so you can hold the snail shell while you like get the snail out of it. That's kind of cool. Is it? What do you mean, cool? The way the, the the way the picture looks, I thought at first that it was cracking the snail shell like a like a, a nutcracker. I also thought that's what it did, but I realize now it's just meant to hold it. Well, I thought maybe you get the snail out with it. I feel like a spoon can really just hold the shell plenty fine if your fingers can't. Anyway, we can move on now. <laughs> um, I d- dislike the way Niles very wrongly says quasi. How, How does, does he, he say it? it? He says quasi, which is not just just. Just not the word. He was quasi, right? <laughs> he's just he's just quasi crazy. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> uh, I want you to know my wife was sitting watching the first half of this episode and she said Niles is if Sheldon Cooper and Frasier had a baby. <laughs> and then she walked out of the room. What's gross about that is that Frasier is his brother. So there's some really weird stuff going yeah, she, on. She didn't know that. She just goes, oh, OK. I was like, that's Niles. She's like, whatever. Um, did you notice that Anne was dressed as Wonder Bread? I did not, but now I'm curious to go back and look. I don't know what she's she's wearing. Like I think a a bathrobe or something, but it, it's definitely the Wonder Bread pattern. Well, look, all, all of her episode, <laughs> all of her outfits in this episode, especially, were just like utterly ridiculous. Like they were trying to make it a point that she is like this, like like a clown lady. I feel like another clown, another clown. Oh no! Oh dear. Four in a row. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of ridiculous people. Mostly la- sure. mostly ladies in the, the clown comparison. The maid Marta invites Niles, Daphne, and Marty to grab the painting in which she has secretly implanted Maris's tracking device. Maris is fleeing the country in a box. It was really nice to catch up with Daphne. It's like, oh, look, you are still on the show. This is your first time seeing um, Maris's house. I was going to say, we don't see Maris, which is very fun. For sure. I take back what I said earlier. Maris is the star of this episode. <laughs> okay. I actually thought this was a pretty fun scene. That's that's wild, because I hated this scene. The, the primary thrust of what the joke is in this scene, I think, I don't know if this is what you liked so much, but the whole throw-up joke is just gross to me. She was throwing it up. She was just spitting it out. No, I, I don't even think it was that disgusting. She just drank a little too much. I wanted to give some back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she just spat it up. She didn't. She just. But then she comes back to spit out more later. Yeah. Time has passed. <laughs> is she storing it in her cheek like a hamster? Yeah, that's what I, that's how I chose to believe it. I took it as she cares about people and wants to give it to others that are less fortunate. So she had extra to give. What? And she also will screw them over because she's an insurance agent. Is that where we're at? Too soon. Is Maris an insurance agent? No, I don't think he was. So. He was trying to make fun of me, but again, we figured out earlier he's terrible. <laughs> when you um, throw up, do you say I'm giving some back to all of you? No, I just throw up everywhere and laugh about it. Yeah. I don't like to throw That's up around true. others, so I, I only do it in private in like the bathroom or whatever. But I do say that to the toilet before I do it. And Curtis and I are completely different. Where I, I don't think anyone likes to throw. up. Oh, I love to throw up in front of people. <laughs> You're insane. We, it explains the dramatic uh, way you do it. <laughs> Okay. It is quite a performance. Um, it is. It is. I, I won an Emmy for it. But all kidding aside, uh, or am I? Um, What's wrong with you? Crap. I was going to say something enlightenful. Enlightenful? You're going to make up a word. That's a crazy <laughs> word. Sorry, sorry. Am I the only one that kind of wanted to see the painting 
of Niles? I was just curious. Well, we we do see it. No, in the seed. I'm, I meant in the seed. I absolutely wanted yeah. to see it, and then when they didn't reveal it, I thought, oh, it's probably better as one of it. Like it won't be as funny as your imagination, so it's best they didn't show it. But spoiler alert, yeah. I'm really glad they showed it. I, I couldn't have cared less. I was wildly unbothered. <laughs> but you like the scene. But you like this actual scene. Yeah. Yeah. What was your, you, you really praised this scene and Maris. What was your, what, what, what was it that you loved so much? Well, first of all, the, the little hand thing that she used to keep children away, that reminded me of you, Curtis. Uh, okay. <laughs> that looked real nice too. That looked like solid gold. It, yeah. It would definitely be a good back yeah, and It would not be cheap. Uh, yeah. I didn't know who Maris was. So, okay. uh, the only interaction we got out of her was her spitting drink back out of a hole or drinking out of a, a very perfectly shaped straw and then spitting it back out through that straw. I thought it was a, a very fun greeting of Maris. Yeah, and the a- Great way to introduce yeah. The actress that plays Marta, she was in so many 90s and early 2000s, another one that was in so many 90s and early 2000s uh, shows. Yeah, and she she was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. She did her job. For sure. Strong effort from the ladies that aren't normally on this show. Yeah. Well, is, it, is there a better metaphor for this entire series than we don't even get to see Maris? Like, yeah. the, she's a... She's a central character to this episode and she's in a box and all we see is her straw yeah that's great that's a that's a very fun way to introduce a character is all i'm saying except it it was only introduced to you to everyone else they were probably saying (laughs) goodbye to the character right because we don't see her for the rest of the show the writers knew what they were doing they knew people would be watching it backwards it is funny that that's the last time you see her yeah (laughs) totally like well we're not gonna pay her Frazier hides from Anne in the hallway. Roz brings a magic document, freeing him from the risk of a lawsuit if Anne signs it. She is convinced he is in love with her, but then immediately finds the contract and signs it eagerly to stop his groveling. Classic Frazier. Classic Frazier. Well, this isn't really Frazier's fault. He, I don't think he asked Roz for this, did he? What's crazy is that Roz apparently has the lawyer on retainer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Had him draw up a contract for someone else didn't even say like by the way i could do this for you or i know a guy she just does it and brings it to him and after all that he wasn't even planning to use it yeah it's it's quite the gift it's also i mean it's i did you get the sense that she was trying to to trick the lady into signing it or that he was just going to convince her to sign it because if you've convinced her to sign it you don't really need it well this is Roz's friend so she must have known like there's no way to convince this woman to sign it Unless she just knew that, honestly, unless she just knew Fraser well enough and, and knew her well enough that all she needed was to plant this gun in the room. As soon as it goes off, she's going to see that groveling, sniveling <laughs> Fraser and be so put off that she'll sign anything. She, pro- I mean, honestly, Roz is the hero of this episode. <laughs> I mean, it would have been fine. He he would have if there wasn't for the paperwork. We, he just would have had to go on a couple of dates with Anne, which we know we know he's got nothing else to do in the next couple of episodes. Well, and do we get a lot of like we don't get a whole lot of clarity in the passage of time? Like I know she says in an earlier scene, like she's going to be there for a month, but it's not entirely clear. Or no, it is clear because he, yeah, he it's meets only, it's only been two the woman days. on. It's only been a couple of days because he said he, they scheduled that date for the Monday, and this is that Monday. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Plus, I think they say it's been two days. Yeah, Fra- Frazier losing the date was delightful. Uh, yeah, I mean, she really came to play for that first date. Quite the outfit for a Monday date. How depressed you have to be when you get rejected by Frazier, and it's because he's with the, the Julia Sweeney that we get in this episode. I think that would have been such a mindfuck that that girl would have been into Frazier. He could have definitely got a different date with her. Like, that's quite a rejection. 
at his door. It's like it's a major power play. Well, this is basically the the resolution to this entire story. Like, like this is basically the a plot, I think, and it wraps up first, which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah that was that was weird. This is the this is the best behaved Fraser's bed all season because he was trying to get someone not to sue him. Yeah, I I I really didn't have a lot to say about Fraser in this episode. Like he's like the least most interesting character in this episode. Well, I mean, there's still Daphne. There's still Daphne's just great in whatever. I wouldn't know. Daphne Daphne has nothing like all she has to do in this episode is and it's I'll, I'll bring it up in a minute, but the only thing she really has to do in this episode is complain that Maris is his ex-wife. Like je- je- jealousy is all she gets to do in this episode. Jealousy and being uncomfortable in his old house or in Maris's house. And she does it well. <laughs> anyway, none of this is a knock on the actress. Just they've given her nothing to do. Yeah, I'm sure she's fine. Wouldn't know. I did like the I did like the contract signing part. I did think that was fun. She's like, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even do this if I could. I would tear it right up. Alright, sign here and here and here. Yeah. That's a good joke. That was that was nice. Well we get, I believe, our only title card. Finally. The Pan American Highway. Good thing good thing we got that one in. <laughs> Niles, Daff, and Marty are trying to find Maris, who they fear is going to commit suicide. Instead, the police come to find the tracker and reveal the painting to the press and to us. Guys, good news. The Upside Down can officially confirm Marty was a cop. Ding, 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 ding. Congrats. There was something to take away from this episode. I thought it was, this was a fun way to kind of wrap up this episode in this in this storyline. I guess it would have been disappointing not to see the painting. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a risk, right? Because there's a version of that painting that isn't funny or isn't good. But I, I thought the painting was believable enough that it could have been commissioned and ridiculous enough to be funny. It could have been like 8% better, but it was fine. It definitely got a chuckle. Actually, uh, before the painting reveal, though, this is uh, one of my one of my favorite Marty lines so far. The guy tells him to pull over. He's like, well, you were a cop. What would you do? Or, uh, pull over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I think the cop says, um, because you know how cops always announce things when they put the sirens on. Uh, the cop says, pull over immediately. And then Marty says, in answer to the question, pull over immediately. <laughs> what special sauce do you think I have in this moment? <laughs> well, Niles explains how Maris got away. And they take a tiny drink to toast her final appearance. So wait, maybe I missed it. How did how did Niles find out how she got escaped? She sent a letter, which was super weird. Yeah, that's I I, yeah. I like thought so, but okay. I you, that's definitely not something you do. Even yeah. if you're fleeing, even if you've made it to a different country, you don't just like then send that letter. No, absolutely nailing you to the to the cross. Well, I also love that she mentions in the letter something like there's an offhand moment where he's just says like uncle so-and-so. And I'm like, oh, OK, so this is like a family thing. Like this is not the first time their family has committed a crime that required hiding off in their private. Yeah, life. for sure. They had a system. Do you guys think that uh, the salt trick works to slip off the I old mean, uh, house arrest bracelet? Asking for a friend. I don't want to be much, but I, I think the joke is that it would work for Maris. Yes. Okay. I don't think it was a practical suggestion for how to avoid. No, we will try it and we'll get back to you. I mean, <laughs> what what are you going to do in place of an ankle monitor? Oh, I'm going to get one. Oh, you'll just commit a crime. No, I, I guarantee you I can find one at like a happy pawn shop. Do you? We'll find out. That will be our other podcast. I don't think you can just pawn those. Again, that's why we have a podcast. I don't even know why a pawn shop would buy it. That brings up a great point. I know exactly how I would get rid of a 
uh, an ankle bracelet if I was on house yeah. arrest. Let's hear it. I would go to that pawn shop and I would put my leg on the, the counter and I would say, if you can get this off, you can have it for nothing. Oh, that's smart. Making a nice deal with them? You're going to a place that has a bunch of weapons just ready to go and you're like, hey, any means necessary, get off this ankle bracelet. What's the worst that could happen? You're losing a foot for sure. Like I like I use it. That's true. You'd probably, you'd rock a peg leg well. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Sure. I don't know, Maris. So this was a very weird cheers situation. Yeah, we'll yeah, get into it. I was going to say, I guess there's not much you can say about it, but for the upside down, this was a very confusing scene. I don't know if we're pro or against Maris. Well, she she fled the country for murder charges. We know that. I don't. I, she can't be that pro. I wasn't sure if it was murder charges. I missed that if they said it. They did. Yeah. The the, the very expository opening is Frazier saying, uh, I heard something interesting on the radio about Maris's trial. And then uh, Niles goes into a monologue about how, yeah, she doesn't think she'll get a fair shake for uh, her murder trial or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Okay. They mention it. All right. Well, I don't know who she murdered. Well, Frazier plays this out with it's the even weirder to cheers then. Oh, my she's goodness. a known murderer. <laughs> I've ne- I've never toasted to a known murderer. I'll tell you that right now. Pretty sure you've toasted. Well, no, I'm not going to say that because it's not true. What were you even going to mm. pretend to say? That you've toasted, <laughs> you've toasted to OJ, and I, but I was OJ's not a Why murderer. Why would I have toasted to OJ? It doesn't matter. He's, he's not a murderer, so. I've toasted with OJ in the form of a mimosa, but... No, I'm pretty sure I've had, I, me and you once hung out with OJ. Are you talking about the juice? That's the dream the you had. That, you're thinking of the last podcast episode. That was a dream you had. <laughs> Did you have a baby with him, Brad? No. 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 OJ's Khloe Kardashian's father. I don't know if that's a joke or not. I don't know what that is. All right. All right. Well, Frazier plays this out when the electricity goes down and Martin is noticing another letter that he never put in the mail. Presumably... The electric bill. Yeah, obviously don't give your father mail to, to put in. Like, I think we've all learned a lesson here. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll have to call my dad. <laughs> I think it, I, I, I would have had to pay closer attention than I did. But I'm, it seemed to me it might have been the same jacket. Which either means that he had another pocket with another letter or so this is like some kind of time has passed. And now since he like Frazier must have during the insurance debacle given him another letter that he didn't mail. Yeah, well, no. do, you think, do you think Frazier's giving him the letters? Absolutely. He did. Yeah, he did. He, yeah, said, he, he, said, did. he said he did. That's he foolish. said, that's the letter I gave you why would to he, go mail. Why would you trust your old father to do that? That's in Frazier's defense. Him having to put anything in the mail himself would be an amount of work he's not willing to do. So I'm not surprised he would task it to somebody else, but he should know that his father can't be trusted. He has two two jobs. He must have an assistant for at least one of them. Give it to that person. Give it to the person you can fire if they don't do it. He has Roz, who is a producer, who he has no trouble giving random assignments to. And he also has Daphne, who is his father's healthcare worker, who he also has no trouble giving work to. So. He does have two women that he could happily make do his mail for him. Do we see? Do we see him demand stuff of Ra or ask stuff of Roz, or does she just do stuff for? Well, him? that's true. She volunteered her lawyer's contract, and she volunteered the uh, the insurance lady to begin with. She both created the problem and solved it. Correct. Yeah, and I think like in the clown episode, I don't. He didn't say like. Roz, you need to bring this to me immediately. Like, we don't know how that exchange went. We've been giving the show a hard time for the way it treats the women on the show. But I will say, Roz is the only character with agency in this episode. So that says something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maris. Well, Brad, why don't you tell us if you thought this was a good episode? Yeah, I did not. 
Um, there was some there were some funny parts, <laughs> but it was not my personal favorite. Um, I'm gonna go uh, with one of my lowest grades, and I'm pretty a generous grader. I'm gonna go with a C minus because there were some funny parts, but the story was stupid. C minus. Yeah. Um, and next, uh, Curtis, if we could hear your thoughts. <laughs> Did I do the wrong order again? No, you just said it like a like you're in kindergarten. Exactly. Uh, so uh, I annoyingly agree with you. I, I like it better when we disagree, but um, I agree with you. I think this is pretty mediocre. I would say that for me, out of the 12 episodes uh, that we've watched, I would say this is about number nine. It's so pretty low. It's just above the last episode, Freudian Sleep, that we yeah. watched. The only thing really floating this above the bottom of the barrel is Julia Sweeney's ridiculous performance. And uh, uh, up next, Ryan, would you like to tell us what you think? I want to tell you about my thoughts, Curtis. Yeah, this was definitely, I mean, we're, we're coming off still like the, just the wake of such a strong episode with the, with the Nanny G episode. It, yeah. Like that everything's going to look a little worse after that, but I don't think I'd like this one either way. No one brings their best performance uh, other than, I guess, Julia Sweeney. And Maris. And Maris. Maris. Yes, yeah. Maris was great. A tour de force. She was great. I'm perfectly fine with more people uh, not actually seeing them for the whole episode. Other than Daphne. She should be on more episodes. But I think, yeah, I don't even think I liked it better than the sleep episode. So I think I'm going 3.8. Which is totally skippable. We furthered very few people in very few ways. Yeah, I that's where Curtis. I disagree with you. I actually thought this episode was worse than the than the sleeping episode. I mean, that's just because you two both really don't you you don't mind that they they baked a baby in a pie. You were cool with that, whereas <laughs> I took a strong stance against it. I I just don't think either episode was worth my time. Agreed. Yeah, we had two strong ones followed by two really weak ones. Agreed. Yeah, I don't. I'm I am kind of nervous. We're not going to get back uh, even close to the nanny G level of greatness anytime soon. We'll have to keep watching. That's that's our only course forward. 252 to go. Well, Ryan, I, I think now is a good time for us to really take advantage of, of your experience yeah. as an upside downer. So, uh, you know, this was your first real introduction to Maris. And uh, you get lots of uh, details, but also very little. And um, we, we, some of the things we know, you know, he, she is the ex-wife of he, he uh, Doctor Niles Crane. He would have been a major reveal. <laughs> <laughs> she, she is the ex-wife of Doctor Niles Crane. So that could be anything, right? It could be an Anna G situation where we have, like, this could be the first time she's ever mentioned. It could be that she's a recurring character. It could be um, anything in between. So. I want to know, you know, I want you to describe Maris to your best ability. I want you to tell us who and what Maris is, her description, what she looks like, whatever you can tell us about her. And then I want you to tell us what, you know, what kind of a part you think she's going to play in this series. Oh, okay. So a softball question. Thank you, Curtis. Uh, um, well, I, I, I'm certain we're going to see her. You don't, you don't toast someone who's never actually been on the show. That would be insane. I have to assume she's a recurring character, but I'm going to say that she was with Niles for the first three-ish years, three, four years. 
So she must have been on the show some of the time. I'm going to guess from the salt stuff, she's uh, she's a pretty rotund, pretty large lady. It'll be fun if she's like uh, half a foot taller than Niles. So I'm going to do that. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Just as, you know, just this Hulk, especially compared to pretty much the rest of the cast. Well, and he's such a timid guy. Like he's so kind of, uh, he's such a dandy that I think the idea that he's with a much taller, uh, brusker woman is um, a, a fun a fun concept. I think he's going to, he's definitely going to like cower around her a lot. I, there's no way we see her every episode. Could you imagine them having to write for four women on one show? That'd be horrifying. <laughs> we'll probably get her. Uh, I'm going to say twice a season and he's just a wreck around her the whole time. I don't, I, I do, it's real risk to just keep describing her physical features. So I'm going to avoid that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, to, to that point, I actually do. I do want to ask: Who is your? Who is the actress you think either did play or could play? Who Who do you think would be a great choice for this role? Oh, the height really makes that tough. Because I mean, I think I would go like Kathy Bates ish, but she needs to be a little taller. That, when you were describing your Maris, I was like, Kathy Bates is the only person I can think of who fits that bill. Yeah, I just need to size her up a little bit. Um, what about Roseanne? I mean, she's not tall, but the definitely. I don't. I, yeah, she's definitely going to be like a little obnoxious. And we've already had two Roseanne characters make appearances. I would say less obnoxious, more in, like get the intimidation from uh, the wife from Malcolm in the Middle. Okay. Oh, what's her? Just a strong energy. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Jane Kaczmarek. I don't Who's that? That's who plays the mom. That's the actress who plays the mom in Malcolm in the Middle. I thought that was the chick from uh, 30 Rock. Nope, that's Jane Krakowski. Maybe her. She'd be like... She'd be like twenty. But. The other, it's not a, it's not a Jane. It's a Janie. But Alice and Janie is somebody else I thought of when you said tall. Uh, but she's not, not big. Oh, you know who would be. She's you know tall. who would be fun. I think it's a little too early, but uh, Jane Lynch would be perfect. Oh yeah. Obviously, she's not fat, but you know, maybe she was then. I think she'd put, at this point in her career. I think she'd be willing to put on the pounds for the role. Yeah. All right, that's what I'm going with. Old JL. Cool. Well, we are going to keep watching, and we are going to find out if uh, if that comes to fruition, if you got it right. Yeah. Um, and I've taken no notes on this, so there's really no way for us to, to track whether you whether you get it right unless we happen to remember or uh, our, our audience uh, holds us to it. So I don't, I, mean, there you go. I don't think we see her till at least like season eight. So it's going to be a while. So you'll forget. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. In the meantime, why don't you tell us what to expect next week when we cover the previous episode at Season 11, Episode 12, Fraser Light. Fraser finds himself in a bar with no wine. The sheer and utter horror. Niles could never. Fraser orders a beer of any kind. They bring him a Miller's Light. Roz makes fun of him and gets a Miller Heavy. Back at the apartment, Daphne's there for some reason, so Marty imbibes on some wine and tells Daphne of all the times he watched the sports ball. Where is Ronnie? If uh, any of that happens, we're going to be here to discuss it on this show. That's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks to Kevin McLeod for our theme music. And for you, those of you wonderful, loyal listeners, I don't want you to go out and uh, tell anybody about the show. You don't need to email us your thoughts and questions at reversepsychpod at gmail.com. Don't bother, you know, social media posting and discussing this out in the interwebs. Don't go to r slash turkey and, and uh, make a stink about it. And definitely don't subscribe, rate, or review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're getting this show. For myself, Ryan, and Brad, awful afternoon, no one.
awful afternoon, no one. Oh, no, I wrote down the wrong one. Yeah, I wrote down the wrong one. That that doesn't sound like the name of an episode. Um, (laughs) Are you you throwing me red hairs? (laughs) (laughs) Honest to God, I don't even know. Oh, I know what that was. It's called Fraser Light. Okay, good. I wrote down the right thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Thank you, host. (laughs) Yeah. Hold on. Do you want to take that from the top, or are we leaving that in? Yeah, I know exactly what that was. That was a mistake in my note-taking. We're going to edit all of that out. He, okay. he is he, uh, our, our colleague has, has not had a lot of sleep last night, so we'll give him the better for the doubt on this one. They don't have to know that. <laughs> now they do, even though this is an edible podcast. It's not an, ed- it's edible, not an pod- edible podcast. <laughs> you can't eat this. Editable. <laughs> you said it worse. Editable. You said it worse. <laughs> oh, this is going to be one for the books. <laughs> Maybe we should have recorded tonight. 